Well, howdy there, partner, and welcome to Rope Blasters, the only podcast for trick shooters, snipers, marksmen, and general duelists. I'm your host, Gunsmoke O'Kenzie, and this is the show where we talk about shooting the ropes that hold the trick shots together you know we blasting ropes today baby that's right and today on the show we got a shotgun enthusiast who has found a new way to bring the sniper rifle to the buckshot we got him here today folks we got him his name is kevin saltpeter day what is up kevin uh I'm, I'm doing good i'm doing good i'm i'm a big fan of the sniper rifle i like to perch you know in various places with it trees rooftops that kind of thing and you know i i'm that that's really who i am and let's just talk about it for i i think it's ingenious because you know the problem with a, a shotgun is there's so many trajectories that come off of this bull, uh, buckshot and what you've done cleverly is you know a sniper rifle is all about the scope and so you've made a million tiny scopes at the exact trajectories that each buckshot ball is liable to fly so that you can snipe up to 27 targets at once uh with your with your 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 your, um with your compound scope would you say is based on the butterfly eye is that correct it is it is it's one of the things where you trade off accuracy for impact you know it's it's mm-hmm. i don't care who i'm hitting when i'm when i'm when i'm on a rooftop firing off so i just i just blast i'm just blasting away well <laughs> when you're when you're on the rooftop with a shotgun and you're blasting away you're not picking who you're hitting you're hitting everyone who's there <laughs> it's just it's, it's exactly. gonna be coming down <laughs> It, it's that it, it's it's all about the efficiency you oh, know oh man okay so that's our show uh let's I'm on go a list. to our sponsor uh the 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 the, 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 the sig sour is that one um I think so. man i was thinking i was just thinking that it's like haha shooting off the, the roof and then i was like that's like a shooting making light of mass shootings and then i was thinking that which is fine i I mean it's fine it's great everybody should do this uh but uh the the thing is i was thinking about it it was made me thinking i think the last episode we met i mentioned really offhanded like something like really like mass shooting jokey and um and then i like realized it was like on the day that like something horrible happened and then i was like but i mean that's every day now. You can't just be like, oh, is today a day that a mass shooting happened and I shouldn't make the joke because that's going to be every day. It's not like it's more, it's more offensive to treat it with the gravity of I have to look it up because it's like, no, you're going to find it if you look it up. You know, it's going to be there. So just, just live your life knowing that that's the case and if you wouldn't make the joke knowing that then don't make the joke but me apparently i would <laughs> so you know i don't know what's up kevin how you doing I'm, I'm doing good i'm doing good it's you know it's 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 nice to be back to this it's it's you know i i missed this last week when we we, we didn't end up doing this so i'm i'm glad we're back yeah it was it was yeah well, you know i don't know we gotta you got you still gotta watch the movie stuts i assume you haven't watched it i mean i haven't yet no it's a good assumption you know i'm, I'm a genius you, we, you know but uh 
Yeah, I was just, I want to rewatch it. Um, but I was just thinking, one of the things I talk, forgot to talk about was like the shadow work. There's, because we talked, to, I talked about the shadow. I should like look this up. Uh, let me see if I can find this. God damn it. Kevin, you're going to have to fill. Okay. All right. So, so Spencer's filling um, while we're talking no, about a you're movie filling. I haven't seen. I'm filling while we're talking about a movie I haven't seen, which is a little difficult. But, um, it's you know that that's on my very short list of things i am going to watch so i'm i'm looking forward to to seeing that and i'm i'm looking forward to how you're going to build the hype up right now to convince me that i need to watch this as the moment that we're done recording this this show because all right all right here's okay. the thing the thing is i think it's like okay so again stuts movie psychology it's about therapy it's about therapy's good it talks about psychological tools therapy tools that i think we could learn i think and you know, uh, my whole thing is I, I say things I think would be good to know. In, in lieu of a personality, I have a popcorn machine that spits out things that I hope will benefit people, and I hope they'll think that's close enough to a personality. <laughs> that's what I have, and this is more of that. So one of the things, and it's really powerful, we talked about the shadow. So the shadow is a psychological concept. It's the part of you that you deny and that you hide from yourself and the part of you that you hate about yourself, like your construct of what sucks about you. Like if you think of like, you know, a hypothetical great person that you would aspire to be to, this is like the hypo hypothetical like failure that you are to be that person or something, you know, and, and shadow work. Uh, it, so he talked about shadow work and they did it on in the movie. And I was watching the movie with my friend, Jeff, and I was listening to him talk about what, what to do with the shadow work. And man, I, I was watching it and I was like, I got to do this. What there's another exercise, I think earlier in the movie. And I was like, I'll do this right now. And I did it along with him. And I was like, this is great. But then the shadow work, I was like, this is going to fuck me up. I can't do this because I'm watching this movie with Jeff. Like I'm uh, not Jeff Davis, but my, I have a friend named Jeff E and uh, I'm watching it with him and I'm not, I can't do this right now. Otherwise I'll like start crying or something, you know? So I waited until I was driving home and I was doing it driving home and it still really fucked me up. And so I don't know. I think it's worth doing. Um, but I, <laughs> I was thinking I might be able to do it and make myself cry on podcast, uh, which is interesting because I don't think I can generally make myself cry. You know, maybe I can be an actor now if I if I could master this. Um, okay, so you know, first of all, you gotta you gotta define your shadow. Um, you know, you visualize it. It says here, visualize a time in your life when you felt inferior, embarrassed, or rejected. But it's like it's about figuring out what your shadow is, which in part comes from earlier in the movie they talk about part X, which is you know your negative self talk, and that's a large part of what kind of helps you man like define what your shadow is. But so it's just what do you hate about yourself? What's the worst part of you that when you sell when you're self destructing? You know what what is your brain go to what failures and stuff and so you know for me it's it's i'm unlovable it's i'm small it's i'm oafish and crude ugly gross no one ever wants to be around me everyone's just being nice to try and be like no one actually inherently wants to be around me you know um like i'm clumsy i make things worse i cause a lot of harm etc you know like that's a big a big part of it just like you know unlovable causing damage just bad um and then 
you know a big part of like the the shadow work is the idea that you can't get rid of it um and so it, it so like a lot of times what we do is we go like no that's not true that's not what i am and that doesn't really do anything about it because it's this very strong oppositional thing that just it doesn't like break through or whatever so what he said in the movie is like talk to your shadow ask them how they feel about how you try to deal with them because you have the shadow that you're hiding from the world right that's what it is again i'm unlovable i'm a sh i'm a shitty person and so when i go out i try to hide that person by trying to do things that i think might be lovable etc you know be smart oh that's another big one this is stupid for me so like trying trying to be smart is like you know cutting against that so it's like ask him how uh, ask him how he feels with you dealt with him see and it's like you know and it's just like uh like trying to hide this part of you it just like uh, how, how do you feel about denying this part of you you know and it's like it feels bad it feels like i'm hating a part of myself it feels like i'm hating who i am you know and it feels like it's just like an excuse to beat up on it and then um and then it says the next step is like ask the shadow how it how it feels about being treated that way and it's like <laughs> of course you know i feel awful i do feel unloved i feel stupid and shitty and bad and terrible because that's how i treat myself that's what i think of the shadow you know it just sucks it's like why am i doing this what 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 is making me feel this way you know and um and then it says ask the shadow what can i do to make up for not paying attention to you and then you know i don't know what that is for me it's like you know, I think just reassure myself, you know, like just, just be like, just, it's fine. It's fucking fine. Like you're fine. People like you, you know, um, and I am, I am tearing up a little bit, but it's like, I don't know. It was just like, like I said, when I, when I was watching it, I was just like, this is crazy. And then like I was doing it driving home and I was just sobbing in my car and I was like, this is really good. This movie is fucking awesome. <laughs> and so yeah so you gotta watch the movie anyway um i mean can i, can I just Christ. jump in for a second yeah here? yeah you know yeah, i know yeah. you're, you're saying that like you're artificially doing these things to make people think you're a better person but like well, the, the things that yeah. you're you're describing that you're you're doing are how i perceive you and does that make it become true then like i consider you one of the smartest people i talk to and i have always known you to be like one of the kindest people to people that frankly you know don't deserve it sometimes you know you're, sure. you're always the person who's trying to be the person that somebody needs whether they, they deserved it or not yeah, yeah and yeah. that's not a common trait in people and that's not something that i think you can fake you know like you could do that some of the time i'm sure and i'm not saying i watch you 24 7 but that's how i would describe you as this person that is incredibly intelligent incredibly funny and compassionate to everybody not just the people that like it's not transactional for you you're not being kind to someone because you're expecting something in return you're kinder to the people that you'll get nothing back from and yeah yeah i I, I think that's you know i i think you're discounting a lot of your personality there well that's the thing is that like I mean, you probably need less therapy than me, but like, you know, is that's the thing about the shadow. It's 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 part of it's part of what forms, you know, negative self-image and what form what becomes our personal demons, right? I mean, the movie again talks about like the shadow is different than part x because again like part x is what I constantly thought of my lizard brain, my depressive thoughts when I'm falling asleep 
all of the worst memories come back into my head you know that's that's a common thing like people go i made this mistake this and that you know and then uh people have strategies for dealing with that but that's that's what's being referred to as part x and something it does is prey upon you know your insecurities and your insecurities are what forms your shadow so in some part this is just something all people have in a, a lot of times i think well practically speaking i think a lot of times it is not necessarily true maybe there's truth to it you know i've made mistakes i've done dumb things that doesn't make me dumb but it makes like me insecure about dumb decisions i've made that i would then make me think partially contribute to me being dumb you know etc but like i think like it's not the shadow isn't it's not about it being real it's about it being the construct through which your negative your part x manipulates you and so it's like and so again you're 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 when part x is doing that your your response is to attack your shadow to deny it diminish it and be like that's not true that's this other thing that sucks and isn't me and it's like no you know what part x is doing that's what sucks that's not even anything that's universal and nothing you know and so and so what i am is fine and good despite my misgivings and understandings and my shadow is just it's 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 my insecurities and it's the way you know it's the way i judge my myself and probably other people you know like again smart how they treat other people it's a, you know it's like it's how i think good people should act so it's it's and i think that that kind of thing is how you know religion forms we personify things so i think different people have different ideas of what a person should be and then when you crank that to the max that becomes God in some version, even if you don't consciously think of it as God, it becomes this idealized way to be. And you can obviously go A to A to C and you get God, you know, it's, it's really clear to see that. So I think it's just an inherent part of pe people that just needs to be understand and managed. Because again, I think the tendency is to deny it and, and to, to fight back, which, which even when I was dealing with it as my lizard brain, before I learned about the part X stuff, it's like, no, you don't, you can never do that. Like the best thing you can do is not engage to to not use logic or combative uh reasoning like you can you can switch to um like what i do when i'm going to sleep and having negative thoughts is i start thinking of flavors and colors i go like chartreuse mint yellow banana you know i just go back and forth because apparently engaging your task solving the task-minded uh centers of your brain like deactivates the negative self-talk centers so it's like there are strategies to deal with it but it comes from understanding fundamentally what the shit is you know um which is again why i think the movie is cool but who knows I, again i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about and maybe i'm spreading lies you know no and and i, I didn't mean to like discount what you were saying there so i i know that's yeah, how yeah, you yeah. believe sure and yeah. that's you know i i can see how that shapes you because you are you know, I, I see the reserve side of you that I think comes from exactly what you're talking about there. And that's, yeah. that's a hundred percent. And it's, that's because of stuff from childhood, you know, like being big and fat and, you know, my parents being like, well, yeah, you're fat and smelly. And then, you know, being a giant kid, you know, and it's just like people reinforce that you're different in all sorts of ways. You know, I'm, a, I'm a straight white male. So the ways that I was reinforced were just being big and fat, but you know, everyone goes through that where they're othered and then they're like, and that, that's starts to form you know their brokennesses and stuff i don't know man uh what <laughs> when you're when you're getting really self-negative and stuff what 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 are the things that you go to like are you are you like oh that was stupid or like it was it was careless maybe i don't know 
Yeah, I mean, I replay every stupid mistake I've made in front of other people. But like, what's your critique? You know, like I could be like, oh, wow, you sure said that stupid. Or I could be you had a stupid face, you know, when I'm critiquing myself, you know, so it's like, what is it? I mean, it's more, I don't know, like if I I really want to like analyze where my brain goes, it's not so much on myself. It's that like my insecurity is like that everybody around me is like faking liking me and stuff like that you know or right. that yeah yeah i'm not so like likability positive or right yeah so that that kind of seems like it comes from a similar place at least yeah yeah absolutely like i think probably i probably just don't have looked at it as closely as you do um <laughs> yeah well i am uh forced to reckon with myself i have little distraction <laughs> you know like uh, I think you know a, a normal person's amount of relationships and stuff uh, would generally interrupt the amount of introspection that I have been allowed to have. <laughs> anyway, um, you are you are incredibly self aware, which is 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 an asset. I think. Yeah, it's just a curse. It's like you know, it is extremely arrogant, but it's kind of like um, like the blue guy the fucking watchman uh you know the blue guy whatever uh he had god powers and he was, he's he talks about how he, like he he could see all of time but he still like can't control it because like he can see what he's going to do in the future and he has free will but he still can see what he does with free will in the future like it doesn't change that you know and i don't feel like i could see everything but i feel like the self-awareness i have is like i just watch myself walk into a landmine and be like well yeah that's what's going to happen and it's like well i can't stop myself i just see it happening whereas someone will go like "Ah, i'm exploding is that a landmine where it's like no watch me walk into a landmine you know and so it's like again i'm not trying like it it can sound really arrogant i don't mean i'm like smart or anything but just like the self-awareness of it i just i very clearly see myself causing problems and then feeling bad about it and being like well this is what you do this is who you are you know (laughs) anyway um do you think you've evolved over the last few years like is your personality different than it is now I think being famous has made me a lot worse of a person or at least tested me in a lot of ways. And I don't know that I did a great job. I think there's a lot of things I did well, Um, but I think as like the character of my person, I think it was tested and I think my character has degraded since then. Maybe I'd like to think I made a little progress. And I think just recently I'm coming to grips with a lot of things that I just didn't. And just like, I don't know, being able to calmly kind of like learn about yourself instead of like just freaking out and being upset all the time is like, it's a lot more empowering than it is negative you know it's it's just interesting it's like watching like a forest like you just see animals interacting or something and it's like huh okay you know it doesn't feel like ah this is what's wrong with you it's like this is why you can't do anything it's just like huh well this is really interesting i'm starting to really figure this out (laughs) you know i don't know and who knows if that's true or not but i definitely feel i definitely feel recent progress but generally i feel like i've become like a more venal and toxic person uh, I think Trump probably accounted for a fair amount of that, but just in general, like as I've clocked myself through time, that's that's kind of my assessment. Because I do, I do assess myself over time from a moral standpoint. Um, that's the opposite yeah. of, of how I, I thought you would have said. Because I think, you know, you've just just from my like perspective as somebody who watched Harmontown and listened to it from the start, 
And, you know, from that point, however many years ago that was until now, I think you've come out of your shell a lot. I think you are funnier, you know, or at the very least quicker to show your funny side, you know, and you've gotten some confidence that's well-earned. Yeah, for sure. And I would say that those are like skills that I've developed and I was more assessing me as god like if i was in like heaven being like okay is this guy getting better or worse you know mm-hmm. on a god scale i feel like yeah i feel like you know like i don't know it was a big thing it was part of my public persona it's like oh my god spencer he's so unchanged he's just the same none of this affects him or whatever you know and i think to a large effect uh, extent that was true for a while and i think that speaks to the fact that the expectation is maybe this would degrade you somehow right it wouldn't it's the expectation isn't wow this hasn't changed you for the better <laughs> like that's not what they're saying you know and so i think i think i think to i an extent i have resisted a lot of that degradation but you know not perfectly it's been a long time and i think you know i've slipped and there's just things that i learned that i thought were maybe good about myself that are maybe not good about myself or at least mixed you know um so you know stuff about my stubbornness and you know maybe places i wasn't as self-aware as i thought i was but you know that's different than just being a good person how i treat people (laughs) like i think like i used to treat people better but it's hard i didn't have to treat so many people in any way before you know you just have to treat a lot more people now (laughs) when you're interacting with more people you know you can't you can't always hit uh win um who knows um all right so We got to talk about our new segment. Do you want to play the new segment theme song? (laughs) All right. That's right. It's Elon Musk corner, folks. Oh, boy. What is that kooky kraut up to? And I don't mean that he's German, just that he's a fucking Nazi. Um, That's right, folks. What a... I don't know. The, the, the thing I can remember is that they're deleting all accounts that have been inactive for 30 days or longer, which is the most insane thing I've ever heard. It makes me think, oh man, maybe I'm wrong and he's not a complete idiot and he actually is intentionally just destroying Twitter for fascism's sake. Uh, could be that because that's just a crazy bad idea. But then I was thinking even that this could be like like with Trump, it seems like a distraction from some other shit he was pulling. What other shit was he pulling? I mean, he was he was saying that the fucking mass the neo-nazi mass shooter was like not in, he was a false flag operation this shit's so crazy they're like the nazis are like ah oh, this guy was such a nazi it's suspicious how could someone be that much of a nazi we're only half nazis and this is a full you expect us to believe a full nazi exists this must be the left uh, it's like uh, this uh, the, the left is planting nazi evidence in future shooters homes <laughs> to make it look worse in the aftermath like what the fuck what are you even talking about you guys shoot people every fucking day like it doesn't matter like there's not there's not the jury is not out it is you guys are murderers we don't have to justify anything i mean and, it's you know hard to, to side with somebody who got into such a fight with npr over something so stupid yeah you know I, it's i just it's just it's just all crazy but but you were saying what were you saying about tucker carlson what was this tucker carlson connection um 
Well, so I'm not, it's, it's kind of unclear what the connection is between Carlson and, and Musk, but it, it looks like Tucker Carlson after he got fired from Fox is, you know, going to just threatening at least to just go completely torched earth on everybody around him. Oh, you think he's going to like do a Twitter files kind of situation? I have no idea, but I, I would be very curious to see what he has on people and what other people have on him. Like if, if, if like, you know, just everyone just piles on everybody else, that's going to be amazing to watch. Yeah. And Kevin, you know, Kevin's being modest here, but he, he, he founded basically a competitor to WikiLeaks. So when he says this stuff, you know, it's a little bit more than specious. Um, Hey, that was pretty smart of me. Specious. Jesus Christ. Did I use that correctly? Who knows? You'd have to be real smart to know that. Um, well, there's got to be other must shit. Who cares? I, I I hate myself for thinking about it. It just it makes me so mad. I just want. I was just uh, everybody. Everybody should die. <laughs> That's the that should we should put that in quotes in the bottom corner of the podcast art. Like everybody should die in like Looney Tunes font. Um. Okay, Kevin, you were really excited about something. Is that true? Well, I don't know if I'd call it excited. It's more terrified, I think. But Kevin like, fucking woke me up at three in the morning. He, I got six missed calls, and I'm like, "What is it? Are you okay? Is everything fine?" And he's like, "Podcasts. What? What, what is? It? What did you say?" <laughs> well, okay. So somebody just reminded me of this this fact of like, you know, the Library of Congress is archiving podcasts, and you know, the Internet Archive people are also archiving podcasts and things like that. And like, there's a very good chance that like every podcast that has ever existed is going to live somewhere archived for as long as civilization holds up, you know, like as long as there is something that is controlling the Library of Congress or Apple or whatever, um, you know, like this is our Library of Alexandria kind of situation here. So I got reminded that like you and me talking right now is going in somebody's archive that could list or could live a thousand years or 10,000 years or however long, like, you know, if we don't kill all of ourselves at some point soon, this podcast is going to be living forever. You know, like if we become this like spacefaring, go out to the whole galaxy race, this archive is probably going to travel with everybody as they go. And our great, great, great times a million grandchildren are going to be able to listen back to you and me talking. And I don't know how I feel about that yeah man that's crazy you know that's that's something that like never occurred to me but like you know like you can right now go to washington and go to library of congress and go watch every harmontown that we ever taped and then in a different archive they have in their audio archive all the audio episodes and it's like you know that's as as long as the library of congress lives that's going to be there and that's all evidence (laughs) exactly you know of what kind of people we are i gotta go i actually (laughs) Now you remind me, I gotta go, I gotta visit several state parks. <laughs> we, Clean we up have a to few be better things. people. <laughs> yeah. Uh so I was thinking that we should really mark the occasion. It's a special occasion that our podcast is entering the hollowed halls of the Library of Car- Congress. So what I thought I would do is eat like a ton of raw beef. And just have the gnarliest beef farts for the rest of the podcast. What do you think, Kevin? I mean, that would definitely 
let our ancestors know what kind of society we're going through right now. Yeah. That sounds sarcastic. Are you saying you have a better idea? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I kind of feel like we should like say something to our, our descendants, you know, to the, to the people of the future, because we're, we're at the cusp, like, you know, our, our parents didn't have a, a chance to talk to the future like this, you know, like mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're the first generation to have this. Right. What, what, what do we say? What do we, you know, what, what do we say That's to people 10,000 years from now? Do you think Drill ever thought of this when they announced that tweets were going into the Library of Congress? He asked. Yes, absolutely. I wonder if Drill is actually a nice person. I have to imagine he's not just because I don't know. A lot of people who are really funny are often just like, I don't know, at least kind of assholes. It's like that that edge is what makes them funny, but it makes, you know, I don't know. But so are you saying what so okay what you're saying you have a good idea here this is so tortured but it, let's keep it going but uh we we really should commemorate the occasion with some sort of text or speech but of course we're so lazy that there's got to be an easier way perhaps with an alternate form of intelligence that's maybe not entirely genuine artificial one might say well, I mean, you know, that that is sort of the hot button topic right now that like, I'm sure even 10, 20 years from now is not going to be a big deal, but it's a big deal to us that we're like watching the birth of AI here. So yeah. what what if we have our very, very primitive, laughably bad AI write a speech for us for the future? Well, I think it would sound a little <laughs> something like this. <laughs> so smooth. Okay. Uh, greetings, listeners of the future. We are Kevin and Spencer, your hosts from the distant past. If you're hearing this message, it means our podcast has survived the test of time and reached an astonishing milestone 10,000 years into the future. That's really optimistic. Today, yeah. we'd like to introduce you to the concept of a podcast and tell you why you should give our show a listen. A podcast, dear future friends, is a form of digital media that originated in the early 21st century. It consists of episodic series of spoken word content, typically focused on a specific theme or topic. In our time, millions of people around the world tuned into podcasts to learn, be entertained, and to connect with others who shared their interests. Our podcast, in particular, delves into the fascinating world of insert your podcast theme or subject What the here. fuck? I didn't give it. The, I didn't have time to give it the backstory about what we That's were. That's so, so funny. I love this. This is great. <laughs> we explore the ins and outs of this subject, bringing forth stimulating discussions, <laughs> intriguing interviews, and a wealth of knowledge from our time. We're passionate about what we do, and our goal has always been to inspire curiosity and encourage our listeners to think critically. I guess that's true. Damn, and what a subject we've chosen. It was... <laughs> As you listen to our podcast, you'll get a glimpse into the minds and hearts of people from the early 21st centuries. century. We believe that the ideas and conversations we share will have the potential to transcend time and still hold relevance, even for those of you living in an era so far removed from ours. So why should you, the listeners of the future, tune into our podcast? First and foremost, it's an, a unique opportunity to connect with voices from the past. Our conversations, thoughts, and perspectives will give you insights into the world that we lived in and how society functioned. You'll hear about our triumphs and challenges, our dreams and fears, and our hopes for the future. 
Additionally, by engaging with our podcast, you'll have the chance to reflect on your own world through the lens of our experiences. You may find that some of the topics we discuss remain relevant and thought-provoking, even after thousands of years. The timeless connection between past and future can inspire growth, understanding, and perhaps even spark a renewed appreciation for the human experience. So, future listeners, we invite you to join us in this journey through time. As you listen to our voices from the past, you might find wisdom, entertainment, and perhaps even a sense of kinship with those who came before you. From the depths of history, we extend our hands in friendship, hoping to create a bridge between eras and remind you that no matter how much time has passed, the human spirit endures. This has been Kevin and Spencer, your podcast hosts from the past, signing off. We hope you enjoy our conversations and in doing so, carry a piece of our time with you into the future. Until we meet again across the ages, take care and a happy listening. Play the play the music. Um. <laughs> that was not what I was thinking of. <laughs> the wrong one. Perfect. Okay. That could not have been better. Okay, great. Uh okay. So that's forever um and i'm sure you know the, the yeah that was maybe, terrible okay maybe the sonic signature of these waveforms can be used to determine you know gunshot ballistics by precogs or something you know i don't know does that make sense i don't think so i think i think it does uh you know you're too positive sometimes you know i mean i think it's good to be positive and it's bad to be negative but that hey, was very positive you're right it sucked um okay jesus christ 39 minutes let's talk Wyatt writer strike so um literally last episode i talked uh was me saying that i think a lot of people are assuming that the fight for ai is going to happen and they'll be able to get in the fight and join and then they'll be able to beat back the tide of exploitation. And what's actually going to happen is the companies everywhere are already trying to figure out what, how to exploit AI and get rid of people in their jobs. And if you don't start raising a stink now, it'll just have been too late because they'll get comfortable enough to do it. And then it'll be over. And then you can say, two years ago you fired me wrongly and i demand my job and it's like no the whole industry is dead like it's like everything's changed you can't even you can win a court battle for a couple million dollars but you're never going to go back to that time you're done like the job is done the industry is finished you know that's that was kind of my negative view of the future of ai and um and then then the writer strike happened and so the writer's strike is happening for a lot of reasons. Um, and one of the reasons, you know, it, it, I don't think it's primarily about AI, but AI being in the conversation was a big scary part of it um, because there was, so, so basically, you know, unions, they negotiate, right? I believe how it works is you have periods of your contracts that gets and then after the period lapses you can renegotiate for the next period for better terms and so you know they're you're trying to make these guild contracts better and better so all of the union members benefit from negotiations every round but you can't and this was a mind blower to me maybe you knew this kevin but you just can't you can't just strike whenever you can only strike 
at certain intervals. For instance, IATSE just struck, or they voted not to strike, um, and they accepted a, a deal a couple of years ago last year. I don't remember during the pandemic, and they part of that agreement was they agreed not to strike again for like three or five years or something. And it's like, I don't agree to that. <laughs> Maybe don't exploit us. What about an agreement that says don't exploit us for three to five years and then we won't strike, you know, within that time. But hey, if you if you start fucking up, you know, it just feels convenient to powerful people that it's like also you're not allowed to do the thing that gives you leverage. It's like, but that's the thing that gives us leverage. You know, I don't know. Anyway, um, one of the things they talked about was was AI and I'll get into some of the terms more specifically, but uh hollywood wanted to you know allow the use of ai instead of writers on some some parts and uh that was something we pushed back on the writers guild pushed back on the contract negotiations because unions negotiate contracts the the writers union is negotiating with these an alliance of big the big eight studios uh, let's see if i can name fox sony paramount universal CBS, uh, 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 Amazon, Netflix, Discovery, I don't know, something like that. Those are kind of the big eight networks. There's big eight. I don't know. There's a big eight. And they have this thing called AMTPTPPPT or something. I don't know. But that's the negotiating body that negotiates with everybody. And Kevin has brought up 20th Century Fox, Columbia Pictures, Paramount Pictures, RKO, United Artists, Universal Studios, NBC, Universal, uh, Warner Brothers, which is part of Warner Media and AT&T. And then there's also the big, you know, streaming giants and stuff. Um, so but they negotiate with the with the unions over better rates and we sent them a bunch of proposals and they rejected them and part of that was ai stuff and something i've been learning is that it's not just like writers were like hey we're hearing about this ai stuff we want none of that thank you it is actually that the studios like i predicted have been working behind the scenes to try and do it as much as possible they've been approaching showrunners saying saying like hey this ai stuff is really crazy we can get you free total unfettered fast access to the ai we can get you one writer we'll have you a writer the ai will just bang out the whole season the robot does it all it'll be so easy that's like an actual pitch they are making today to showrunners in hollywood that's like literally what i was suspecting was happening but had no concrete proof of it is happening um it's been happening so it's not just like the writers were like no we will uh, we're hearing about ai and we're scared of rock and roll so we're gonna put our, you know it's like no this is actually happening you know and uh all the, the there's different guilds in hollywood there's there's sag which is writers there's dga which is directors there's wga which is writers there's the animation guild there's iatsi which is a lot of the the crew members and support staff you know um drivers and such a lot of people are in iatsi and so there's all these different guilds that that negotiate separately on different stuff and and you know ai isn't just in writing if you look at uh acting what star wars has been doing with dead people the deep fake shit with ai with voice synthesizing ai 
they're going to easily be able to replace actors and that's another thing people are saying in contracts it's showing up you're signing your persona like your 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 visual and voice rights away in perpetuity to companies just for acting in them so they're saying you're going to act for us once and then we'll make a puppet of you and do that for free for the rest of the time and never pay you like and that's another thing it's not just it's not just a scare tactic that's something that they're actively courting today you know so so it's 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 <laughs> i've not just been making shit up and that's not to say this would be a good way to do it that's not to say it'll make content that people will accept it's just it is something they are trying to do now um so the writer's guild is striking for a lot of reasons i wanted to talk about some of those um because i think you know I don't know. I've been tweeting a lot. Probably you understand a lot about this. And just as someone who talks about the behind the scenes of writing, you know, you might understand a bit more than normal people in general, but I just wanted to talk through it. I talked about it on my stream a bit and I just kind of wanted to go and see if I can remember any other kind of related stories and go through it, you know, just kind of one more time. But, you know, we sent, we sent a bunch of proposals over and I'm going to go over the ones that were rejected because there was ones that weren't rejected. They were just numbers. And I think a lot of the numbers are pretty insulting, but um, some of them are fine. And also at least numbers are negotiating, right? If I say five and you say one, you know, at least we're talking. Whereas other than the other, these other ones, they're like, they, they refused. They, they, they rejected the, it says over and over, they rejected the proposal and they refuse to make a counter. This is like, they're saying we're not renegotiating on this. So I think that speaks to more, uh, you know, writers topics that are interesting than, um, you know, everything else. Um, so let's see. One of the thing is minimums for streaming features. So the writer's strike in 07 was about like, making up games for uh, residuals and stuff and writers got a lot better residuals in 07 and they were trying streaming was just starting out and so they were like we we need to set baselines on streaming because prior to that it was the wild west i think you could legally do anything you didn't have to pay anyone you just said it was for internet and then you didn't have to pay anyone you didn't have to do any of the guild uh requirements and so i think part of the 07 writer strike was adding this kind of inter internet new media base rates which are much lower than traditional media rates but are at least baseline whereas again before it was the wild west so because those rates got established basically since then all the studios have been figuring out how to move everything from tax per like for tax purposes from traditional development where they had to pay real amounts of money that were already negotiated and were agreed upon for decades to new media money contracts which if they could force them to that were like are, are absolute bare minimums like sub sub minimums they're just very they're way way less you know they represent a tenth or less of what rates you used to be for fundamentally the same content. So a big part of the writer's strike is trying to bring back what were supposed to be protections against that, you know, because that when we created those minimums, it was to stop exploitation. And it basically gave them green light and said, exploit exactly this much. And they really went as hard as possible. And so we're now, you know, a lot of it's trying to correct that kind of mistake. They've essentially used a loophole to not honor their past agreements, essentially, you know. Um, so street like the first one of the first ones i'm going to talk about here is streaming features with a budget of 12 million or more should receive full theatrical terms including better initial compensation and residuals that's literally saying you can't pay us these new streaming rates 
for a streaming movie because streaming movies are just movies now you can't that's just cheating you know and uh you know and so they they they, they countered with a lot more strings well you will we'll treat you like a real thing if you uh, uh fulfill this hot you know 96 minutes 40 million dollar budget and so it's like yeah that's not gonna uh, accomplish it's not gonna do it it's not gonna apply to most of the things we care about right uh guaranteed second step so it, uh, it's kind of hard to require uh, explain what a second step is but usually when you get you pitch you pitch an idea right and that happens for free you do that for free and if they like your pitch enough they'll give you money for a development deal they used to pay for a pilot and now they do a development deal and a development deal is kind of like a halfway pilot where they don't have to commit to it and so a, a two-step deal is like there's two steps to the development deal and at both points you get money so a two-step is saying i'm gonna get money at two points during this process a process that can be very long i've been in a development process that's been over three years it's i believe a two-step deal but that means through that three years, I only get two payments for all of this work this whole period of time. And that's what we're supposed to live on as writers or whatever. You know, a lot of writers can't live as writers. They have to be shared, uh, you know, you, their partner works or they have second jobs, you know. And so, so require a two step if it's less than 250 of minimum. So that means if it's a big enough project, you don't have to require this two step. But if it's a small project, that means minimum wage writers, the lowest class of writers, if they're doing something, you got to do a two step. You have to pay them reasonably because what happens is usually they pay way, way out in the end or they just don't pay at all. And they just get you to do a bunch of fucking free work because they don't have to buy a pilot like they used to. So that's another thing we're trying to kind of get back to where it used to be. Um, rejected our proposal and then countered by offering meetings to educate creative executives and producers about screenwriters free work concerns so they're saying oh you can have meetings with us and we can talk about these issues but it's like okay sure but we're talking about the issues right now and there's a contract negotiation and this is what we're offering and you're saying how about you sign an agreement that doesn't reflect any of your concerns <laughs> but instead you come to meetings with us after you sign the agreement and you complain to us and we'll tell you to fuck off and you'll have no bargaining power. What about that? And so it's it's a real insulting uh, counter proposal. Um, weekly pay, 50% pay upon commencement and remaining 50% to be paid out weekly over the writing period. Applies if writer is paid less than 250 of minimum. Writers above this threshold have the right to opt into weekly pay. Um, so this is again, 250 of minimum that, that figure means we're only talking about the lowest pay writers here. This is like a lot of like the, when you think of a writer, you're paying, you're thinking of someone who makes way more than 250% of minimum, but most writers don't, uh, on, 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 uh, Doughboys, which you should listen to Doughboys, but Nick Weiger is a writer and he's in the WGA. And he said that I want to say in 2006, but pretty recently, um, about a third of writers made minimum rates for writers. And right now, half of all writers make minimum rates of writers. And a lot of the rules that they're trying to change and a lot of the things they're trying, the, the bad, the networks are trying to do are going to raise that percentage to probably 90 plus percent of writers would be making minimum weight, uh, minimum, not wage, but minimum writers weights, uh, weight rates. Jesus Christ. And so it's like, it's like a series. It's not a matter of like these people that are making tons of money. It's like people, it's like the people that, that really can't afford to be writers, but have the talent to be writers, you know, um, being, being made. So another example, Harmon quest, um, there's, there's different payment schemes throughout Harmon quest, but in general, when I got paid for Harmon quest, how it worked was 
I wrote it. We went through notes processes. Then we had to set up the production. You know, we had to rent the studio and get people to come to the show and buy air conditioning and black sheets and get camera crews, you know, and then we shot it and then we started editing it. And during the editing process, we hit certain production benchmarks. And as we, when we hit one of those benchmarks, it triggered a process starting at, I would now start to get weekly texts something like 10 weekly checks. And at once that process started, I would start to be paid for Harmon Quest. And um, that would happen for 10 weeks because there was 10 episodes of Harmon Quest. And then that would be it. That would be my whole thing. And I wouldn't get paid up till that point. So, you know, you need a cushion of money to last until you get paid as a writer um, because you're just not getting paid right away. But what this offer, what this, you know, proposal was is instead of that, just pay 50% up front and then the fit the back 50%, you can pay that out weekly over the writing period. And that's very reasonable. Presumably they have the fucking money already. It's not like they don't have the money. Just give it to us earlier. Rejected our proposal, refused to make a counter. It's like, what even is it? What's the problem there? You want people to be like just less able to pay their fucking rent? Like that's the only thing you could want. Like, there's no reason for that. Um uh, establish streaming minimums. So this is establishing a streaming minimums that are more in line with cr uh, traditional TV minimum rates um, and getting them in line with uh, uh, st uh, getting streamings more in lines with that. Uh, and then, you know, they, 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 they talked it down, but they did actually counter. They didn't reject the proposal flat out. Um, preserving the writer's room. So the, the, the thing has been talking about as mini rooms. Um, I think there might be some sort of minimum in the contracts already. You can only have so many writers, but there's all sorts of ways to break that and, and go around it. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's hard. Like you probably listen to Dan, you know, a bunch of writers get in and they talk about stuff. They crunch all sorts of problems. It's, you know, it's not backbreaking labor, but it's, it's, it's time consuming and it's hard. It's draining. It helps to have multiple people in the room. And as the season progresses, you finish outlines and when you have the outline you send a writer out to draft so that writer stops being in the writer's room and the writer's room splits anyway because you can't just work on one thing at the same time you got to work out on a lot of things you know so so on on you know rick and morty there would be one room working on one episode and one working on another episode and sometimes you have a mini room split off to do jokes or something so then when you start pulling writers away to be off on draft then like really it's just like showrunner and maybe one person is is doing a lot of big jobs and so that's that's another thing that the writer's room that these mini room requirements are trying to to solve but 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 what's essentially happened is they figured out that they can say oh it's not a writer's room it's a mini room so you're only going to hire four writers at minimum wage or not minimum wage sorry base rates minimum rates um and they're going to work for two weeks and you're going to write 12 episodes of television. And so we're only going to pay four writers two weeks of work to write an entire season of television that normally would have been like, say, uh, let's just say 12 week process. I don't know. Maybe that's a bit long, but what would normally be 12 writers in a 12 week process becomes four minimum rate writers in a two week process. <laughs> and they just call it a mini room so they could do that. And they just, they're making the same show. That's the thing. They call it a mini room. They're not making mini television shows like it's like they're making the full show with less people and less time for less money and just saying that's the new normal. And so that's, again, one of the reasons why the the, the minimums, 
the 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 amount of writers that are working for minimum is increasing so much so it wants so we asked for uh minimum of six writers um one writer per episode up to six episodes then one additional writer required for each two episodes after six up to a max of 12 which that's like smaller stuff you need less writers we're being reasonable here we're not saying you need a ton of writers every single one it's like you know we recognize that the bigger the ask sometimes you need more people on it to save time you know um and then also just uh the duration of employment so we asked for guaranteed at least 10 consecutive weeks of work like i'm saying they're trying to get people to write entire shows in weekends and then pay them a weekly rate it's insane um uh post green light rooms what about writers on staff must get three weeks per episode half of the minimum staff must be employed through production production is the shooting process so employed pr through production means the writers are being uh employed while the show is being shot one writer must be employed through post-production um so let's talk about writers and productions you want writers on set to talk to the actors because the writers are the only ones that actually know what the show is in movies the director knows a lot more what they're shooting but in television the directors are kind of just guns for hire they show up they look at the script and they kind of just do what the normal thing to do is they kind of follow everyone else's lead a lot more and so having a writer on set can be really important because what if someone doesn't know what the show is about? What if there's a joke they don't get? Like it's just an important thing. It's always happened, and they're just stop. They've they've gotten to the point where they just don't pay writers to do that. So writers are doing that for free because it's important service to the work being done. You know, and that's not fair. And the same thing with post production. A lot of times it's important to have writers to be able to rewrite stuff in post production. Um, but they're not employing that, so the writers also do that for free, and that's not fair either. Um, what else? Just, these are some base weekly rates getting more in line with television they're saying fuck off um oh you know all of that stuff i just said the the mini room stuff rejected our proposal refused to make a counter so they they're not even accepting any of that uh, and not even just saying like oh minimum one writer or something they're just like no fuck you um pre green light room weekly services paid at 25 percent pre premium um so this means this is again about mini rooms that's saying if you're only hiring me before the show you have to pay more because this is a fuckery you're trying to pull something so you have to pay more for it and then mba me weekly minimums during post this is again about the post-production keeping people you know employed during that process when they need to be um rejected our proposal uh residuals you know let's let's set up streaming residuals rejected our proposal uh high budget programs yeah like high budget programs made for video on demand get real tv weeklies and script fees and improve residuals instead of these new streaming numbers which are way way lower it's treated like real tv rejected our proposal refused to make a counter each member of a team gets p h contributions that if they're writing as an individual p h means pension and health um writing teams is something that happens in the business it happens uh for beginning writers a lot but you you basically pretend to be one person so the business can hire you for the price of one person and you take half the money so you're 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 twice the price you know you're you're a double deal essentially that's the argument you're making you're selling to the businesses will work twice as hard for one paycheck and you're selling to yourself hey i'll get more jobs and i'll only take half the money that's the trade-off you know but 
it's hard to uh, get writers and ins- like health insurance. And in a lot of these guilds, acting guilds and stuff, you can't get health insurance if you don't work a certain amount of rates. So again, with mini rooms and stuff, they're trying to reduce the amount of times anyone's working so they don't have to pay health care benefits to people. And the people hurt most about that are writing teams because they only count as half a writer. So they count as getting half of a health care plan. You can't get health of half of a health care plan, you know, like you can't sign up for half of a health care plan, but that's what they're being offered essentially, you know, and that's not fair. I, I, again, I think it's reasonable to say, well, you can't say this whole agreement is you only pay us one person amount of money for two people amount of work and then turn around and say, you have to pay us two people amount of work. That's, that's, that was the whole idea. You know, I get that, but we're talking about healthcare. You know, people just need to live. Like, it's not, it's not about fucking money. You know, rejected our proposal, refused to make a counter. Um, regulate use of artificial intelligence on MBA cover projects. AI can't write or rewrite literary material. Can't be used as source material. And MBA covered material can't be used to train AI. Rejected our proposal. Countered by offering annual meetings to discuss advancements in technology. So again, remember the last meeting. Again, sign an agreement saying we can replace you with robots. And in return, every year we can have a meeting where we tell you the new robot that's replacing you. You know, like that's not that's not a counter. It's 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 a slap in the face. Um so you know, there were things that they have come to an agreement on, but none of that changes what is fundamentally this paradigm of they're subverting the existing contract and they don't want to be held accountable for it. So it it's not just the thing is, there's just a lot of fucking assholes in Hollywood. So you're going to see a bunch of people that are probably rich and bitching about stuff in a way that makes all writers seem like shitheads. But there's a lot of writers that are really, really struggling and they're working really hard. And a lot of them are, are people of color or from marginalized communities because they're the ones that can be exploited the most. Because in the Hollywood, one of the biggest powers you have is saying no. Um, you know, you just they, they tell you you can't say no and you go, well, still no. And then they go, oh, okay. And then they treat you like a person. But if you don't know to do that, they won't treat you like a person. And, you know, so the people, you know, it just, it's everybody gets exploited as much as people can. So it's, it's not just the hoity toities. It's, it's everybody. And I'm not a poor person. Um, you know, uh, I've made a lot of money in writing and stuff, but a lot of that isn't because I'm a writer. It's because I'm an executive. And because I'm an executive, I'm treated like a suit like like david zaslov and his executives are treated like we they they're they're they're, they just are willing to hand out money to people that are what we call above the line which is to say executives because they are treated as the aristocrat like they're we're the upper class and so they're like yeah we'll pay tons of money to the upper class that's our buddies but we're not going to pay any to the people below the line that's our business is exploiting them so i have made money but not through a writer uh through being an executive and, and being taking advantage of being what is essentially this this aristocracy class and i have run into a lot of the same problems writers have um when i've tried to encounter writing as a normal writer and not as above the line you know so I'm not trying to say like, oh, woe is me, because that's not what this is about. I really, you know, you guys know me. I'm a political guy. I just, this is right. You know, it's what's, it's what's right. So I'm talking about it. Um, and it, it's not about me, but it's happened to me too. So I know, I know what they're talking about, you know, and I don't know what I'm talking about either. Like, I'm not the Hollywood mogul, you know, I'm just a guy. Um, but I like talking about it. I'm smart. It's cool. 
and hopefully this could be helpful um you know if you want to explain to stuff the ai thing is a big part of it and it's a lot more um <sighs> sorry kevin uh how did you feel that last hour <laughs> i learned a lot actually i'm 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 really glad you you talked about this because it's a whole side of this that i've just never been exposed to you know like i think people not in the industry have this whole idea that it's just money rains down from the ceiling when you're you, you get on a show and it's all yeah. unicorns and, and rainbows and everyone's happy yeah and i think that this i think the problems are like it's all venture capitalism i mean what venture capitalists do is they they buy something they change it up and tech tech bros and tech big tech is the same way they buy something top down they start changing it they ruin whatever it is and everyone who actually did the work gets fucked and then they get a different job you know um so like i think it's happening fucking everywhere but it's happening in television it's happening in media like i think what netflix is doing with their streaming model is very similar to what uber's doing I just, I think it's all, it's all happening everywhere. It's not, we're not, and it's all happening everywhere because it's all the same thing. It's like, we're not disparate. It's all the same problems are just happening to everybody one at a time, you know? And I think AI is the same thing. I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, oh, but I was going to say that I just think that there's a lot of specifics of writing that you don't think about. And I think in the absence, you think it's like you, you think about the, the higher level people and not you know the people that are that are screwed and in hollywood just a part of this disruption is it's been a disruption in the cultivation of quality and talent um it's been happening in actors where they don't no one wants to take a risk and it's because these fucking money people these big tech bros that look at numbers they're like oh you know what actually is good when we have a white male lead you know so like uh so but but it prevents them from casting you know young talent to become the new stars the new chris pratt's so they're not cultivating new talent especially people who aren't white and aren't male and if they're not cultivating new talent we're not getting new stars and if we're not getting new stars then who's commanding higher rates then they can just start paying all who are the biggest stars your jenna ortegas you know your uh your 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 zaddies what's his name <laughs> fucking the mandalorians that guy's you know they're they're gonna yeah pedro pascal uh they're gonna they're just they're gonna be those people who should rightfully be chris pratt's and and are getting close they're just they're being unfairly kept down because of this numbers this this robotic thinking and that's what's infected writing now it's just happening everywhere is these people are like what if we don't make any risks and we just do the same failing things over and over and then the business failed and then I make $500 million and get a new job. Like, and it's like, no, that's actually a really bad idea, but it, it's just, yeah, whatever. I, I, that got away from me a little bit too. Um, sorry, Ariel is Ariel around. Yes, yeah, she's here. Do you guys want to, want to try some trick Twix? Why am I calling it Twix? They're Kit Kats. That's, that's, that's quite a, a segue there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to grab mine. You guys do whatever. Okay. So we got we got some some Kit Kats today. Um, did you have a game in mind for for playing them? Um, oh wait, Spencer can't hear us. Hold on. Um, yeah, did you, did you have right. a game in mind for us to play this time, or should I we did actually? What's up, Ariel? How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, how are the dogs? They're great. Yeah. Um, Louis is getting so big, and Freya is getting into everything. So they're good. <laughs> they went um, from like my, little pocket-sized dogs to Louis, like seventy-five pounds now. 
yeah i that's why i like little dogs maybe it's just because it's so depressing it's like you were so small and now you're giant uh but yeah i my parents one time they got two great danes one was like a puppy and one was older but the puppy would just get into everything he'd rip everything apart all the time when we would leave him alone and so we had to get rid of him and then we got rid of the other one my parents half-assed a lot of things is something i've discovered uh (laughs) sorry ariel uh how do you like having a dog i've been good you know i've just been i don't know man i've been unexpectedly good i think things are not good but i'm zen about it and i think they could become good soon even though there's no reason to believe that which is not usually how i am in life but hey i'm gonna i'm not gonna make it worse for myself right yeah just, just make just myself miserable to balance <laughs> yeah exactly so that's kind of how i am but uh shit. we had oh kevin play the fucking play the kevin Steele song okay sorry that's right folks it's time for what kit is cat that's right i didn't think of a name before i started this sentence and i still had to come up with one but we're gonna play a new kit kat game that requires two people to be in the room at the same time so i think this could be perfect for you two huh it sounds good okay so here's how it's gonna work i'm gonna explain this so okay one how is this gonna work i i I didn't actually finish thinking this through i got enough of the way that i was like i think this is gonna work and i stopped but okay so one person secretly grabs a kit kat and and they look at the wrapping and they try and guess what the flavor is and explain what they think the flavor is you don't tell them what's on the wrapping or anything you know if it's like it's chocolate you don't say it's brown but you say i think it might be chocolate you know and then you open it so they can't see the wrapping and give it to the other person and the other person has to taste it and then they have to describe what they think the flavor is right okay without seeing the wrapper and then that person has to come up with a wrapper that they think would be good for the candy it's the best idea ever come up with okay so who wants to go first okay all right i'm not gonna look you pick one they're closer to her okay so you're gonna secretly uh you're gonna secretly look at the packaging and then taste it oh wait no you don't taste okay perfect okay so so what flavor now that you've looked at the packaging now secretly open it and explain to kevin what you think the flavor is to kevin without tasting it yeah just because you looked at the packaging right so what do you think it is okay so at first glance i honestly thought it was um something to do with lemon Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you think it's probably lemony yeah and do you have any suspicions that it might not be lemoning or are you committing are you like yeah okay, lemon so for sure. it might be either lemony um i want to say lemony snicket so bad um <laughs> it could, it could be, be lemony snicket <laughs> yeah, yeah it could be lemony snicket um or it could be like dark chocolate i think mm-hmm. okay so now kevin you're gonna look away again and have uh ariel open it and then once it's open and he can't see the wrapper, you're going to hand him the, the open candy. Does that make sense? And you can eat, you can eat one if you want, because so, it's two, if you want, um, you know, because okay, cool. it doesn't matter. Okay. It smells like Easter chocolate. 
you know what I mean? Like an Easter bunny mm -hmm. a lot. Like that. Like kind a classic of chocolatey smell. Yeah. Hmm. I'm I, not getting lemon. I know what it is. I what do you no think it is, Kevin? It, it, it just tastes like milk chocolate. Okay, what, so before Ariel reveals what she thinks it is, Kevin, <laughs> you have to now construct the packaging. What do you think the packaging was based on the flavors that you you you've did? No, don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't show it. Oh, damn. I didn't look. I didn't see so, it. So, so, see, so now, because he doesn't know, right? But now that he tasted it, he's going to try and guess, and then we'll see what it actually looks like and what he thought it is, you know? I mean, I, I'm going to guess based off of the taste and the description. Like, I don't know, like a, a cup of coffee with one of these dunked in it, maybe. Or yeah. a, you know, something, so, something maybe more abstract than that. Right. Okay. So okay. what is it now, Ariel? Okay. Show me. It's a blue package, right? Yeah. Okay. What, what's, what's so it doesn't say anything on it, and I'm never going to be able to figure out what it is. But like I already ribbon? know. Is what that it a is. bottle? Oh, it's what is bow? it? It's a bow. That's a bow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What, so what what's the flavor? Okay. So, um, I think it's supposed to be Christmas and it's supposed mm -hmm. to be cranberry on the inside and chocolate on the outside. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to be really surprised because the wafer on the inside was pink and which doesn't usually happen. And it tasted mm -hmm. like it had that tartness is what you're saying. Yeah. It yeah? Had okay. tartness. What I mean, yeah. It yeah. Was like it was like almost strawberry, but it didn't make sense to be strawberry. So I switched it to cranberry. I will translate what this is and, and edit it into the podcast to Ooh. say what this actually is. So we'll, we, we're not going to oh, know right now, up? but our listeners okay. will know what, what it was. Yeah. Well, Ariel's first instinct was right. It is a chocolate strawberry holiday cake. Holy crap. I can't believe that was the flavor. Whoa. Wow. Oh my you God. Right. Oh my God. Okay. We have, we have time for one more round in the other direction. You think we can do this in the other direction? Yeah. Okay. Don't look. Okay. Um, oh, wait, that, that says what it is. Hold on. Okay. All right. So I'm not going to let her see, but this is, this is what it is here. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, my guess, I can open my eyes. Now. Yeah, you can open your eyes now. Yeah. Okay. yeah. My guess is going to be that it is, I'm going to say pineapple. Ooh. Okay. Okay. All, All right. right. So close your eyes again and let Kevin open it. Well, what if I open this? Mm -hmm. And I'm feeling pretty confident. See, I didn't have to think this all out. I, I did get far enough to game. assess that it was a decent enough game for our purposes. All right, let's look. All right. Is oh, it smells. normal colored? It is. It's like a normal chocolate. Yeah, color. normal yeah, chocolate. It's dark chocolate. It's in a white inside. But it's got an odd smell to it. <laughs> odd smell. An odd, not food smell, I would even say. You think I you can know. guess what it tastes like, Ariel? Yes. Okay. I can't because I'm over here. Hmm. They got to invent smell o vision, you know? Remember smell o vision? Oh, they did actually invent that. In Willy Wonka. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you, have a, you have a take? This one? Um, I would say this one is milk tea milk tea so okay. what what would be a good label then <laughs> what color would be a good label? um 
I already seen the color of the. Light. I know that's why it's a funny question. <laughs> you can cheat; it's fine. Um, but also, it's it's also not about getting it right. It's also just about yeah. coming up with one. Yeah. You know. All right. So, so this is what the, the reference says here. You can see why I thought pineapple possibly because of the mic a little bit, but sure, it's, it's not. It's, very it's not at all pineapple. Oh, it might be dos leche or whatever you say. Oh, trace oh. leches. Oh, or like caramel. Yeah, like yeah. a caramel. Because it kind of looks like that. Okay, I'm not. Like the yeah, I can't on tell. Top of your Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, like a yeah, like a a latte with like a drizzle on the top mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, I think oh, you're right. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna edit in like right a caramel here. macchiato kind of what situation. This is. I think you're right though. Mm. Well, she was right again. This one is melted caramel drizzle. Yeah, I knew it would be that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay. Well, I think I think I don't know. Do you have anything to say, Ariel? I think we're about done here. I, I just, you know, I don't know. I mean, we only got to talk to you just a bit, you know. I what, heard what, you guys what's... talking about AIs. Yeah. What do you think about AI? Have you messed with Kevin's AI at all? No, I'm. I'm really not into um, AI stuff because um, I think that we're getting so far away from like um, how we're supposed to be living. Yeah. Um, I have like a. I'm really into conspiracy theories and like, I know, like, do you think there's actually, do you think it's the reason it's bad that we're getting away from nature is because we're going to be hijacked by bad people? Or do you think it's like there's health effects that people are hiding from us? It's yeah, it's just for wrong. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. I think it will wrong. be used for wrong. It just like, um, just, okay. Oh, I'm not even going to say I think that. it's going to be really bad. <laughs> Never mind. But it'll also be good. I think, but I think you're right. I think, I think a ton of bad shit's going yeah, to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, hopefully other good stuff will also happen. I don't know, but I, I agree. Yeah, um, I hope good stuff will happen as well, like for like hospitals, but I don't know how AI is going to necessarily help in hospitals, but we'll see. Like, I hope I it know gets a guy who diagnosed level. his cat's health problem using AI. Who knows if it was right, but you know, it can help. It can help in medicine for sure. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, to me, it's like, it, there's a lot, like, again, there can be good stuff. Yeah. But, but a lot of bad stuff too. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but Kevin, I know we didn't prep this, but I did send you a video of an AI kind of video. Uh, I, I think this might convince Ariel that AI is actually good. Do you think we know? I, I, we I might have, have to edit it. this. Okay, yeah, I don't have that queued up, so we're gonna just edit this in right here, right now, and Ariel's gonna react as though she saw it. Okay, hold on. <clears throat> I, I wish I had Ariel's real reaction. <laughs>
Nice. We got to get out of here. That's our show, everybody. Bye.